being provided. But now we're going to see in the death of her son that God is sovereign over death as well. Let's go ahead and read some verses. Kenny, are you ready? Verses 17 and 18. When we as believers come to a saving faith in God, we would like to believe that everything's going to be okay from this point. Uh, suffering is something that we're not really too worried about. We, we think, well, I, I'm in a relationship now with the Lord, so everything's going to be fantastic. But we know that sometimes things happen. When I studied this lesson, I thought about Brother Daryl and Ricky and what they went through with his sickness. I'm sure he didn't understand the why. I know I didn't understand why. God sometimes does things that tests our faith and to grow us in a greater understanding of God. God is bringing Elijah and the widow along, but we see the widow's reaction to that. When something like that happens, do we have a tendency to blame ourselves? Oh, it's something I did. We do. If I hadn't have done that, it, it's my fault. God's upset with me. This is why this is happening to me. God doesn't work like that. Go ahead, Ronnie. We see here, too, that the widow's misunderstanding of her son's death can be traced to a misunderstanding of God. And sometimes we misunderstand God, too. We like to speculate. We like to reason and figure out and, and try to guess, well, that's why this is happening. But uh, pagan cultures and even the Israelites at times had inaccurate characterizations of the Lord. And I'll give you an example in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Remember when Jesus and the disciples encountered the blind man? What did the disciples ask Jesus? What has caused this man's blindness? Was it his sin or his parents' sin? And it was neither. It was for the effect that God's power would be put on dis display and that God would receive glory from it. 
When God puts us in a trial and brings us through it, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Absolutely. It's not anything that we did to bring us through it or out of it. We simply must trust. Go ahead, Jim. Yes. Amen. And when That was my next thought too, Jim, that when others see how we endure hardships and trials and tribulations like that, they are drawn to God. And it's an opportunity for us to witness to them through our testimony because the world wonders, how are they getting through that? Can you, can you remember before you were saved? I, I used to know some Christians and I used to watch them. They were happy all the time. Uh, things would happen to them. They were never out of joint over things. And I used to wonder what, what's these people so happy about? But I didn't know. But it got my curiosity. And people are watching. that the young man fell sick. His sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. We don't know what his affliction was, but it must have come quickly because Elijah didn't have the time or didn't take time to pray for him before, but it was only after he passed. And we see that the widow's reaction to this would be normal. We would be upset. And she blames Elijah because she's undoubtedly already seen that Elijah's presence in her home has sustained her through the meal and through the oil uh, that God had provided. So now she's believing that judgment is being brought against her because of something that she had done. And it was her misunderstanding. The natural tendency is to blame God for pain and suffering. It's been a part of the human experience since Adam and Eve. It is important for God's people to hold an accurate understanding of God and his relationship to hardships. We must paint a clear picture of who he really is. Live according to that truth. As we demonstrate trust in him, 
the world takes notice of our gospel witness, this brings glory to God and points the lost towards him. Undoubtedly, the widow had learned a great deal about God's nature and character during Elijah's stay, but she's still young in her walk with Jehovah. And the Lord would use this dark moment to provide even more light for her heart. And like Jesus with the blind man, God would use this situation as an opportunity to put his power on display. If any of us, go ahead, Ronnie. I saw a thing the other day that we have the freedom to choose, but we do not have the freedom to choose the consequences of our choice. There's a road that goes both ways. What road are you taking? And there'll be consequences as to that choice. First uh, Peter 4.12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though something strange or some strange thing has happened to you. We know we're gonna have trials and tribulations in this life. But as Jim said, as we are tried and our faith is exercised, we get stronger in the Lord and better able to handle uh, situations that arise. Service to other people include interceding on their behalf. Mark Zirkel yesterday got stung by a bee and went into a apoplectic shock. Is that what they call it? What is it? Okay. Thanks, Leonard. There was a, a call went out for uh, the church family to pray for him. I did pray for him and have prayed for him this morning. There's where you see a community of believers coming together and interceding on his behalf. I doubt if Mark was in any condition to ask prayer for himself. So we, as his brothers and sisters, intercede on his behalf. God wants us to bring these burdens to him. We notice that the widow's reaction at the death of her son, she's blaming Elijah. How did Elijah react? He didn't try to defend himself. We see him already beginning to mature spiritually in his walk with the Lord. He simply says, give, give me your son, which is symbolic of Elijah taking this woman's burden upon himself. And he takes the son up into the loft of the house, which would have been accessible from the outside, separate from the downstairs. Why do you think Elijah took him up there? 
probably so it would be quiet, there would be no distractions, and he could go to the Lord and just him and God speak. It's okay to pray or pray corporately or together as a church family, but sometimes we need to go into our prayer closet and pray by ourselves. It can be some place that you have. It can be in your car going down the road with the windows up or down. But it's where you can be alone with God and come to him seriously. And we see Elijah too questions God. What, what is the purpose of this man's, this boy's death in your plan of things? He's in such a relationship with God that he can come boldly unto the throne of grace as Hebrews 4, 16 tells us. God's not offended when we come to him and ask him questions. He wants us to. So we see that in this. Let's read 1 Kings 17 verses 19 through 21. Never before in scripture had anyone asked such a prayer as to the restoration of someone's life. This is the first instance in scripture. Elijah wondered how the boy's death served any purpose in the Lord's great plan. Elijah's question reminds readers that even godly individuals face difficult questions at times, God is never offended or threatened when we ask why. Suffering is not always the result of sin, but that knowledge does not always make the circumstances easier to reconcile in our hearts and minds. Elijah walked closely with God and relied on him without hesitation because God had already proven himself in varying degrees to Elijah, Elijah trusted him and brought his concerns to him. What do you think Elijah thought when he asked that prayer? He's asking God for something outside of the norm, but we seek his boldness, but we see his boldness in coming to the Lord Regardless, it should encourage us to do the same. We can be a blessing to others through our prayers. Think about out in California and out up in the Pacific Northwest and up in Canada even where they're having all these wildfires. You never see it mentioned on the news or seldom that the community has come together and, and praying over that. But I bet you there is. There's some uh, church people up there, born again children of God, that are standing hand in hand and praying for that situation. 
but you never see it or hear about it. The request by Elijah provides an incredible example of faith. This prayer reminds us of our responsibility to bring the needs of others to God. His righteous life and faith-filled request aligned with God's purposes. As we see God in our prayers, as we seek God and our prayers agree with his design, we will see results, including our intercession for others. I have a friend right now that I grew up with, I've known since fourth grade, that is about to lose everything that he ever worked for because of a drug addiction. I have been praying continuously for him and his wife. We had gotten together a while back and I kind of suspicioned it but he's pretty good at hiding it but we received a phone call from his wife that uh, it was a problem and that they were had been in that problem for quite some time I've not spoken with him again but I've prayed for him, interceded for him that he would seek help and get help and that his marriage and his life might be spared. Do we know uh, of people that are maybe in a struggle? Think about all these homeless people that are over here on Leffel Lane that have been in those motel rooms for what, a year? What's next for them? Can we pray for them? There's godly people from interfaith working over there and uh, doing the logistics to try and find these people someplace to go. We can pray for them, that they might be successful, that doors might be open for them to help these people get back up on their feet again. There's missionaries we can intercede for them and pray for them. So we, we really don't have an excuse to not be praying for people like this. Well, I don't know who they are, so that excuses me. God calls us to intercede on their behalf. Yes. Yes, it is. That is like a support 
uh, to those that are doing the things physically. If you've got a bunch of people that are praying for you, there's great power in that. There is strength uh, translated to that ministry through those prayers. God blesses and enables uh, people like that. We went in 2013. Oh, go ahead, Betty. In 2013, we went on a missions trip to Kentucky. And Julie, you made me think of it because I see your green shirt and I remember we all had green shirts. 37 of us went to Kentucky for five or six days. And uh, I know that our church family was praying for us. I can't even comment how blessed we were to go where we were and, and do what we did. And to know that our church family was praying for us. Great blessing in that. Go ahead, Betty. Please share it. Along with that, Elijah stretched himself out three times on this boy. This is a demonstration of his persistence. And through your testimony, Betty, we see a demonstration of your persistence. These last verses, I'm going to read them because they go right in line with this. Verse 22, And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came in to him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And in verse 24, And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Betty, your faith had been tested, and by your persistent prayer, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Betty, for sharing that. Because that, and thank you for the privilege of sharing the, the need that you had that we could pray with you uh, for your daughter. What a privilege 
uh, to be a part of that. Thank you for that. I, I can't wait for the day. Thank you so much. We can always find reasons to stay out of other people's problems. Sometimes people take advantage of us. Sometimes we don't have the resources to fix what's broken. Their problem may seem too big or their trouble too deep. Quite often we have enough problems of our own. Sometimes I, I think about that too. Elijah certainly did. He had angered Ahab and Jezebel. He had troubled a lot of his neighbors by bringing drought. In spite of all he was facing, Elijah stepped into the widow's suffering and joined her in her pain. While he could do nothing in his own power to restore her loss, Elijah knew that God knew the God who does the impossible. So the prophet took it up with him. We can't do anything, but we know who can. And we just bring it to him and give it to him. Growth results from struggle. And God used the widow's pain to reveal a side of himself that she needed in that moment. Her temporary suffering produced eternal benefits of faith in the one true God and his word work on her behalf because we see what her reaction was. Now by this I know that thou art a man of God. It was proven to her that God was sovereign even over death. That Baal in the next week's lesson, the showdown between Elijah and the worshipers of Baal, that'll be next week's lesson in chapter 18. Nothing indicated that Elijah prophesied that God would raise the widow's son, rather that God worked through Elijah, points to the fact and prophesies uttered by prophecies uttered by Elijah were true and from God. And what he said was from the Lord. To go along with this and we're about done. We encounter individuals who have not been raised in church. Our society is filled with skeptics who wonder how God can be real or a worst even deny that he even exists through our prayers and loving ministry toward them God can work in their hearts and reveal his truth to them our lives provide the evidence that they need to embrace the truth of the Savior I thank you for your time and uh Thank you.